Are you a creative in the upstate looking for a place to create? The Gym Complex, located at 880 South Pleasantburg Drive, Greenville, South Carolina, Suite 2G, can handle your creative needs from podcasting, photography, videography, recording studio, and engineering. Schedule your consultation today online at www.thegymcomplex.com. Top of the evening to you good people This is your masculine man truth Coming at you for another episode Of the Stand On It Podcast We live from the gym complex And uh, hopefully you're having a good week It's Thursday here where I'm at um, And I'm sure if you're listening to me Well I got a few listeners that I haven't been seeing in Germany I don't know what time it is over there But I don't think it's another day But anyway we glad to have you again. I want to shout out everybody who's been liking, subscribing, sharing, um, sending me content, sending me feedback. Definitely appreciate you all. Um, like I said, I want to make sure I'm giving you the best show possible. Um, things that are going to make you think, things that are going to educate you. So that's what we go do this week. Back for another episode, as you see. I'm wearing that classic Bulls joint, Michael Jordan, but I didn't come to bullshit with you. We're going to get right into it. So, as you know, I kind of talk about, give a rundown of some things that's been going on throughout the week. Um, And something that I was thinking about this week is, uh, as I'm just either at the gym or taking walks, I've been noticing a lot of things, and I'm like, but it's some nasty shit, man, like, what are some things that you think nasty, just nasty when you see it? And and for me, a couple of things that stood out this week. If you see a used Band-Aid, like on, I would say anywhere, but especially when you see it on like gym equipment, ah, oh, that just makes my skin crawl. Like now you got all your germs or whatever you had, like it's, it's just laying out here like this. That's disgusting. You got to do better with how you're uh, taking care of yourself and dressing wounds and things like that. Make sure it's something that's not gonna uh, fall off. Make sure you get the adhesive band aids because if you, especially if you come into the gym, you know you're gonna be sweating or whatever. Like, don't have that, man. That's disgusting. Like every time I see that, I get grossed out. The second one. So sometimes when I just want to think. Or I just want to enjoy the outdoors There's this huge uh, mega church uh, in my neighborhood So I go there one time around as a mile So I go there, take a walk and just think The other day I was walking through there Now this is this is a couple times I have witnessed this So this isn't something just, just a one-off I find on my walks a lot of used condoms 
And I be looking like, well, you got to be just a sick fuck <laughs> to be like, all right, I'm about to whoop here in the uh, church and give me some pussy, which a lot of people, you know, I, I feel you. It, however you feel about religion is how you feel about it. But, man, get a room. You know, people been saying that for years. Get a room. Like, and then if you pull out there and you want to engage in those kind of activities, clean up after yourself. And cleaning up after yourself don't mean just throwing a rub out in the parking lot. Like, we got to do better. So that that's what I was noticing this week. Like, just nasty shit that really grosses me out. Um, Band-Aids, use Band-Aids, and use condoms. And the places that I'm seeing them at, Band-Aids at the gym, condoms on the church parking lot. So, yeah, do better with that. The other thing... And I was talking to one of my guests. By the way, I got a great show for y'all tonight, too. We talking about it. A lot of stuff. Uh, masculinity. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, boundaries. That's the first topic we're going to get into. Um, kids. And we're going to be talking about school. I got a school teacher that's going to be a guest on later. But um, I was talking to one of my guests earlier as we prepping for the show. And I asked her, I was like, yo... Like, um, how do you feel about, or does it make you feel weird when you see grown people who have an obsession with wrestling? She was like, <laughs> listen, I used to be into it when I was a kid. I told her like, yeah, me too. She was like, but what I will warn you of, just mind your damn business. If they like wrestling because they're not right in the head <laughs> and they just waiting because anybody who could see this fake shit and they still like all in on it in adult years, she was like, yeah, don't stand, stand clear to revolving doors when it comes to them. Like, just just don't even get involved in that. But I always thought that was weird because I know when I found out wrestling was fake, I never watched another episode. There's no way. Like, I'm not going to sit there like, oh, he went to look like he punched him in the head, but he really slapped his chest to make the noise. Like, no, nah, I'm not watching it. Like, I can't subject myself to that. But for all you who still watch wrestling, carry the hell on. I'm out the way. Uh, I don't want no problems about that. Um, enjoy your sport. Enjoy yourself. Um, this will be a judgment-free zone for you wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Let's get it rolling. So, as you know, um, and, and I've told you all, um, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I didn't used to be, um, but I am an advocate for therapy. Um, therapy has helped me out a lot um, out of a very dark time in my life. Um, shout out to my therapist, by the way. I'm still trying to get her on the show at some point, but shout out my therapist. Um Super, super solid lady um, and, and always sending me something that had me thinking So, this is the latest thing And it came from another therapist And you always hear people talk about boundaries Like, these are my boundaries These are the boundaries that I'm going to set And this is what I'm going to accept And this is not what I'm going to accept And I've been having conversations with people lately And 
you know, my uh, feedback to them, when you talk about boundaries and you talk about protecting your peace, one of the main things I told people is that whatever the cost of your mortgage is or your rent, that's how much it costs for your peace. And some people I look like, what do you mean? Because this is your place of peace that you're paying for. So whatever you allow there, you control this environment. Whatever you allow there is on you. So whatever your mortgage or your rent is, that's how much it is for your price of peace. Like, because you don't allow nobody to come there that's going to interrupt your peace. Same thing. You could even liken it to whatever your cell phone bill is. That's the cost for your peace. You're not going to allow nobody to get on your phone talking crazy. Um, because you don't have to subject yourself to it. However, I was given a very, very interesting perspective when it comes to boundaries. I want to share it with you. So as a therapist whose most of my career was around boundary work, I have a slightly different take on boundaries than some other practitioners. For me, a boundary only has to do with my behavior. And this is a really actionable and empowering shift. So saying, don't talk to me that way, is not a boundary. It's a request. Saying or believing, I don't remain in conversations with people that talk to me that way, is a boundary. In this framework, it's actually impossible for you to cross my boundaries because they're always within my control. Boundaries aren't about saying how close you can come because I can't control that. They're about saying how far will I go because that's always within my control. And I always feel empowered, no matter the situation, to have boundaries. So that's an interesting take, at least I thought it was, on boundaries. Because I have been making a lot of requests after I uh, really sat back and and reviewed how I've been trying to set boundaries. I've been making requests. I haven't been setting um, boundaries. Um, and because you'll say, hey, you're not going to talk to me like that. Or, hey, I'm not going for that. That's a request. Uh, but as the video stated, the boundary would be when you start talking crazy, I'm just checked out. I'm not I'm not even talking to you, period. About anything you saying or anything you got going on, um, same thing. If you someone who calls and asks for money, I'm just not answering the phone. That's the boundary. The request would be me saying, "Hey man, um, stop asking me for money." That's a request. But the boundary is set in a nutshell when you don't entertain it. Very simple. But I'm like, boy, that's. That's real thought-provoking, and it makes a lot of sense. And it's easier for people to get that because I've told people in the past, don't talk to me like that, you know, especially in relationships. Like, uh, you tripping. You, you definitely not about to talk to me like that. And then it'll be like you get mad or something again, you get in your feelings, and you think you could, you could try it again to talk to me like that. I'm like, don't talk to me like that. However... If I would have took the approach, you start trying to talk to me like that, I just shut it down, I don't say nothing, that's the boundary. And now it goes into your mind like, well, I know I can't talk to him like that. He's he's not going for that. He's not going to give me the response I want. Now you got the boundary. So keep that in mind when 
you're thinking about, oh, I want to protect my peace or I got to set boundaries. Yes, I suggest everybody protect your peace because we're in a very unpeaceful world right now. You know, so protecting your, your peace is top notch importance right now. So that's how I live. Like, hey, man, I'm protecting my peace at all costs. Like you, you will not interrupt that. I've had to cut off family members, um, friends. It is what it is. Like it ain't personal, but it's about me being at peace with myself. Like I pay to live where I live at. It's not coming out your pocket. So me paying this, you're not about to come over here and disturb what I got going on. You can leave. Um, and better yet, I've got a good feeling of, of how people are. I don't even allow them to come to have to be told to leave. You're not even invited in the first place. So I thought, again, that was a real good perspective. You know, I tell you about it at the end of every episode. Protect your energy. Make sure you're watching who you're around. Same thing. Now you got a little another nugget that you can add to what we've been talking about energy-wise. Setting them boundaries. Don't make a request. Set the boundary. Don't even entertain it. All right. So next we go get into... Um, masculinity. Now, a lot of people have sent me the, and again, I told you all the low hanging fruit, the low hanging fruit, this Will Smith thing. I'm not getting into that. Um, I'm not. Uh, whoever else want to talk about that, y'all can talk about it. Y'all can have it. People done talked about it to death anyway, but I'm not getting into that. What I want to talk about from an aspect of masculinity, where has it gone? Now, you might feel masculinity hasn't gone anywhere. Yes, it has. Um, there are so many men basking in their feminine energy and allowing the women to just overflow in masculine energy. There has been a shift. And real men, it's time we shift this thing back because it's, it's getting out of control. Right. So let's talk about first, like, what is masculinity? Masculinity can't be defined by uh, how much money you got. Masculinity is not just because you have a dick. Masculinity is not just because you have testicles. Um, masculinity is not just because uh, you sleep with a lot of women. That's not masculinity. Masculinity is leadership. Masculinity is you don't even have to say certain things. Because your aura is it's just pouring out of you. Like people know, like whether you when you walk in a room, like they know, like okay, this is somebody uh, I need to, you know, this is this is someone who's worth respecting. Uh, in your relationship, your woman knows she's proud of who you are, you know, because she's able to operate one hundred percent of the time in her feminine role. You know, and, you know, it's a joke with me and my lady. Sometimes she get to talk in the elevator. I tell her, hey, you need to get back in your feminine, your feminine energy. Like you, you exuding a little masculine energy right now. And she'll laugh and she'll be like, yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to make sure that as a man, you're putting that masculine energy out there. Like um, masculine energy is not 
shooting someone. That's not masculine energy. Masculine energy is not fighting someone. That's not masculine energy. But I got some guests tonight who go help me uh, unpack this thing. Um, so I'm gonna call up three guests. My first guest is my man Hype, who's also a part of my network. He's out of Philly. I'm gonna call him up. Um, he's a good uh, example of a masculine man. He's a hustler. He takes good care of his family. Um, hard worker, good example of a masculine man. I'm also calling my homegirl, who a lot of y'all are familiar with from the previous podcast, uh, Fuckstep. And I'm going to call her because she's raising two uh, young men, you know, and I want to know her perspective on as raising two young men. Um, does she have any concerns about good examples of masculinity being available for the two young men she's trying to raise? And then next, lastly, I'm going to call up um, my hairstylist, who she's going to talk about, like, okay, what's going on? Because she works in the industry. She works in a barbershop. So she's going to talk about what she sees and, and, and get her perspective on masculine energy or the demise of it as men continue to be emasculated. So we got a lot of good conversation that's about to come around here So. Let me go ahead and give my man Hype a call first and um, get his thoughts on where he feels masculinity has gone. Yo. Hype, what's up, my brother? What's going on, bro? Man, how you feeling, man? Busy as always. Good, good. How everything going in Philly? Weather all over the place. It's going to be 70 today. It's going to be probably snowing again in a couple days, though. Right. Yo, man. But uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are and, and, and about your podcast real quick. This is Hank from Outer House Podcast. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Hank. It's H-Y-N-T-E. It's Hank from Night Geek You find me on the IC Podcast Radio Network every Friday, 10 a.m. Yeah, for sure. Hey, you got your, uh, you on speakerphone? You sound a little muffled. Nah, there we go. All right, cool. But yeah, so I, um, my introduction before I called you, I said, hey, we're talking about masculinity. And I want to call, I got, Several guests I'm going to be talking to on this subject But I'm like I want to call someone who's a good example of masculinity um, And I told him about how you're a hustler um, You take care of your family um, You stand on solid principles Your word is your bond All that type stuff Tell the people from your perspective What do you think or where do you think Masculinity has gone? Um, I think it was a positive thing that they tried to turn negative uh, I think it's no, it's nothing wrong with a man being a man. I think it's nothing wrong with a woman being a woman. People get caught up in these days with uh, the gender-specific roles, which they definitely are. So people act like like a woman and a man could do anything that each other could do. But if somebody breaking your house is you telling your girl, "Go ahead, girl, you go down there with the biscuit." <laughs> no. If it's a mouse on a sticky downstairs, you're not gonna say, "All right, well, you go kill him." I'll uh, pause the TV. Like, these are the problems with the, the way the world is set up these days. 
trying to make everything on equal footing when everything is not on equal footing. We weren't made as a man and a woman to be on equal footing. We each have a job to do. It's just not the same. Right. Do you feel like there's an agenda um, that's being pushed to emasculate men? Absolutely. Uh, man, <laughs> the worst thing you could ever have is a strong man involved in anything. Right. The worst thing that you can have is a dude who stands on principles and morals and all of that type of stuff. Like, people demean and belittle that type of guy for no reason. Mm-hmm. They will make him seem like he's the odd one for being solid when that's what we all supposed to be. Absolutely. Um, because I was telling him, like, you know, um, I wanted, I, I refuse to talk about the whole Will Smith thing. That's low hanging fruit, and I'm not getting into that. But. I wanted to take it from a perspective of masculinity because I have seen people saying that, oh, him slapping him was masculine. And a couple of things I broke down before I called you was violence, uh, fighting somebody, that doesn't make you masculine. Just because you have a dick, that doesn't make you masculine. Like, it just makes you a male. It makes you a male, absolutely. Um, but masculinity is when you're... And I don't think masculinity is something that you have to even uh, voice. Like, hey, I'm being masculine, or it. People can tell it exudes from you. It's nothing is something that you really have to voice. Right. The way you carry yourself, if your word means anything, like first time we ever had a conversation, this was maybe three years ago. Right. Just because y'all would y'all would do the lives, and I would always jump on. Mm. You send me some music. All right, look, yo, I like this joint, bro. And I told you, I like this joint. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to tell you, like, every one of these songs is hot. Oh, my God, you're the best boy I ever heard in my life. For sure. <laughs> because my word means something. It's one thing you will never have is somebody say something negative with my name. Mm. I don't play with my name. Right. Most dudes' words don't mean nothing. Yep. Like, if a dude t- if a dude tell you, oh, yeah, I'll be there at 2 o'clock, nigga going to call you at... 158 talking about yo my dog my cat my son my daughter yep when they knew they never was coming mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you at 12 o'clock look i might be 215 i might be 230 unless something is going tragically wrong right like yep. for most people they they word don't mean nothing they mm-hmm. names don't mean nothing mm-hmm. and if your name don't mean nothing then it's nothing we can do for you Nothing we can do But hey man I promise you I wasn't gonna hold you long I got a couple other guests I wanna reach out to Again I appreciate you uh, Tuning in Tell the people again Where they can follow you at And, and tune in to your pod uh, I am hype I am hype on Instagram And Twitter I also need y'all To make sure y'all follow Custom Hustle World On Instagram That's my clothing line Custom jackets Jerseys T-shirts Sweatsuits However you need it We can make it happen um, that's even my daughter with the baby jacket on now. Whoa, for <laughs> on sure. On the profile pic. And, and you know what I'm saying? Them Kobe situations is out there. Right. That's what I was just about to say. I'm going to post a picture of uh, these sick Kobe jackets he got. For all you Kobe fans, you better go ahead and snatch you one before they all gone. So I'm going to post that up tomorrow for sure, man. But, hey, stay safe out there in Philly, man. I'll be in contact. All right, bro. Y'all be good down there. Later on. Yeah, shout out to my man Hype, part of the I Say Podcast Network, all the way from Philly. Solid since day one, since I met him. Um, everything he told me he was gonna do, he do it. You know, 
Um, and he always trying to find opportunities to better what we got going on. So can't do nothing but respect that. Very, very good example of a masculine man. All right. So next, like I told y'all, um, I was going to reach out to my homie fucked up because she is raising two men. Um, so I want to reach out to her and see like how she feels about the lack of masculinity. And if she has any thoughts about, you know, or any, any reserves coming up about raising her sons. Here we go. Make sure here. Hold on one second. I done hit the wrong thing. Let me get myself back to where I need to be. Don't worry. No, I'm strong with technology. Oh, no. Well, I'm about to FaceTime her. Hello? Greetings, Zenyoka. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. What's good with you, man? Not much. What's going on? Man, it's been a minute. Ain't nothing going on. Like, you know, glad to hear from you. Glad you're still breathing since you don't holler at me no more. <laughs> don't do me. Don't do me. I know it. We got to connect, though. I know that I've been correct. Yeah, we, we got to connect. You know, you done became famous and Instagram famous and everything. You ain't got time for the little folks no more. Well, Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> we got to connect. I swear, we definitely got to. Yeah, for sure. But, hey, like I told you earlier when we was talking as I was prepping for the show, I want uh, your feedback on because we're talking about masculinity. And, you know, I was talking to you about I really wanted you to share your perspective because – you're raising two men. Uh, you have right. two sons um, that you do a great job with. And I can tell uh, the listeners, I've been around uh, her children and they're masculine at the age they are now. You know, so right. she's doing a great job. But go ahead and tell the listeners, like, what do you feel about masculinity as it stands right now? Oh, <laughs> Well, for one, men like to be like women. For some odd reason, men want to act like bad bitches these days. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so lost in it. And so whenever you reached out to me and you said, you know, what did I think about masculinity and kind of what's happened to it? I really feel as though the society that we live in now has made it okay for men to be soft. And they have accepted it. Like literally social media the generation that's coming up, they have made it okay for men to feel like it's okay for a woman to propose to me. It's okay for my woman to go outside and do all the work and for me not to do anything and lay around and play <laughs> video games all day. Society has literally created a platform for men to be lazy mm-hmm. and they are accepting it. And I also feel as though there are a lack of strong, positive male role models who were truly masculine. You got to think, like, when me and you were talking, you would talk about your dad. Mm. How many men are still around that's like that? Right. Who are still around that are teaching men, like, to go out and be a mate, to be dope, to be great. Like, this is your household. You got to protect it. And mm. to be honest, the masculinity has died because there aren't really any submissive women either. Mm. 
it's kind of like the roles have reversed. And to be honest, it's not a good thing. And to me, it's damaging to the society. We are pre- pushing the propaganda of, we just had to sign a deal for people not to say the word gay in Florida at such a young age because of what they're pushing on so many young people. And it's like everything is just changing before our eyes. It's like men don't want to go out and hunt no more. They want to go get their nails done. <laughs> How did it make it make sense? So yeah. when I think about it, for me, I got to think about it like, okay, I understand that we're in a society where we want to make it okay for men to quote unquote be on be emotional and wear their heart on their sleeve and I get that I'm with it because I do feel as though especially for our community there are a lot of broken unhealed black men mm-hmm. and I do feel as though that plays a part in the decline in the masculinity because when you are kind of broken and you're not healed you don't really know what to do and then you just always on the social media consuming social media constantly and you see the men that are getting their head are acting like bitches mm. So you start to mimic that same thing. People want to get rich quick. They want success so fast. And it's like the men, they're not taking the time to put the work in. Like when I think about a man, like, you my dog. I don't watch you grind with this podcast shit to when it was one listener to hundreds of listeners. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how many listeners, you put the same work in. Mm-hmm. All these new generational men want to do is find a newest scam. They want to go get their fingernails painted black. They want fucking silk wraps. They want to go on the internet and go viral off music that they only been doing for a month because they want the easy way out. And I just feel as though it's not building character. And the men, and then they're passing that same lazy characteristic on today's brother. So it's like bitches is just raising other bitches. And I don't mean to call nobody kids. Bitches are men like that. It's just there isn't a structure in the home anymore. Right. There isn't a man that's truly leading anybody anymore. The men are kind of following the lead of the women, and the women are taking over and being the niggas. That is true. So let me ask you this question before I let you go. So no, you said a lot of good stuff. So knowing what you're knowing from your perspective of what you see, how do you keep that away from your boys? How do you keep them on that path of being masculine men? So one of the things that me and my kids do is I don't shy them away from what they were. They come and ask me something. We're going to talk about it. Mm. But I also let, I let my kids be kids. But one of the things that I make sure I am to my kids is that you are black kings. Mm. And I also have this book um, that talks about who we were before slavery. Mm. So as a black mom, one of the things that we do is I tell them and I show them pictures of this was a black king. This is what he did to create this empire. This is what he, he had to do the hard work to become this amazing. You know, I talked to him about Black Wall Street. I talked to him about our history, but not just the slave history. I talked to him about the history of who black people were before slavery, when we were kings and queens and we had riches. And I helped them understand how powerful they really are in the inside if they apply the pressure that they can apply. So in our house, you know, I teach them, you got to go out and work. Like, my kid is 12. Well, he's, he'll be 12 this year, and he wants a job. Why mm. does he want a job? Because I have beaten to him that you can't get anything for free. Mm. You a black man in America. You got to work hard. You got to work twice as hard as some people because not only is the police after you, not only are the women going to be after you for what you can do for them, not only are your own people going to be after you, 
So you got to find a place of peace at a young age to know where you can come back to because the world already against you. Mm. So, and you know, we practice that when you go out, I have to teach them how to be a because You know, if you know my oldest son, he looked like he's 15. Right. He's 11. Mm-hmm. So I have to teach him how to carry himself as a black man while he's outside. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I tell him, like, he want, when he want to get his feet done, I don't take him. Mm-hmm. I let my stepdaddy take him because right. I let it be more on a masculine type of thing before I take him with a, as a woman. I don't let him sit in the room with me and a bunch of women while we have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Don't get him, you know, don't get into grown people business. I still apply what my mama applied for me. Mm-hmm. I still put those old school things on what my mama used to put on to me, stay in the child's place and letting them be kids. But right. I also make sure that even though I'm a single mom, because I hear a lot of people say, well, I'm a single mom. They don't have anybody. I'll find somebody, whether it was you, whether it's, um, you know, a basketball coach. I find some black man that embodies masculinity mm-hmm. and let my kids look up to them. Right. Because the one thing I'm not going to allow them to do is be, but at the same time, I allowed him to be emotional. Mm-hmm. Come sit down and talk to me about it. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, now it's time to fuck it up. We got to move forward. We can't dwell on it because at the end of the day, you're still a black man in America and you got to learn how to push through it. And you got to learn how, you know, you can't depend on nobody. So right. you can't walk around acting like no female. You a man. You are a, gro- you are a black boy who is going to grow into a black king. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just how I raise him accordingly. Yo, well, uh, I will say this. Um, you know, I, I give you a hard time. We talk a lot of shit to each other, but you're doing a great job. Uh, keep it up. I don't know if you hear that a lot, but I just see the growth in your kids, how your kids keep coming up, growing. They they looking happy. You can tell they thriving. So keep up the good work. And it do take a village, you know, and, and you can tell you got those good old school principles uh, from your mom instilled in you about like something that stood out and I see a lot of that happening. You don't allow your sons to be sitting around in a group of a lot of women, just engaged in conversations. I see a lot of people doing that. I'm like, but you just messing that boy up. But yeah, yeah but, I can't stand to see a kid be like, Oh y'all guess what she did. Why you gossiping? He said, yeah. don't play a video game. Yeah. Stay out of this. But yeah, so great job. I got to go because I got to get to my next caller. But awesome. it was good hearing your voice. And we got to link up soon. Oh, I definitely will. You let me know and I'll be there. All right, then. All right. Look. So, yeah, shout out to Fuckstep. Um, she gave a lot of good feedback on what she got going on. And, again, like I said, she has given uh, a good example of, um, you know, raising two future men she's got young men right now but some good jewels on how she continues to keep them focused towards masculinity especially in a society where a masculating of men is the agenda that's being pushed all right like uh, something happened with the light in here but let me get right back in here um let me let my other guests know that i'm about to hit them up in a few minutes um but I got one more guest I'm going to call on this topic. Um, again, this is my hair braider. Um, we're going to call her up and, and we're going to talk to her about this thing because she got some interesting perspectives as well. Here we go. Hello? 
Favorite. Hey. <laughs> What's going on? Nothing much. How's Nothing life much. treating you? Well, well, how's life treating you? Life is treating me amazing. You know, <laughs> glad to be on the other end. So, I'm calling you, and also I shared what you told me uh, earlier um, at the start of the podcast, like the mind my business when it comes to these folk who like wrestling. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm minding my business. I thought about <laughs> it after we got off the phone, like, yo, she right, I need to stop. <laughs> I don't know if I get my ass whooped. But, uh, uh, so I'm calling you so we continue the conversation where we was talking about masculinity. So I wanted to get your perspective because I was telling the people before I reached out to you that <clears throat> you're in an industry to where you're basically around men the majority of the day working in a barbershop. So when you're looking at masculinity, um, what are some things that you're seeing right now as it continues to be on the demise? Um, like I told you earlier, I don't, I don't think it's on the demise. I think that the people who exude masculinity don't use about it. So it's something that we just see. see uh, Are you on a boost mobile? What is you doing? Direction to go in with it. So, Hello? so what am I doing? Yeah, you, you, you breaking up. You on, what is that, Walmart family mobile? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Come back. No, to I'm us. in the car. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. So go ahead. What was you saying about masculinity? Uh, what I was saying is that, um, especially with my job and me encountering the men every day, what I notice is that masculinity is not missing. Mm-hmm. What I notice is that men who exude masculinity don't speak on it. Mm. They just do. And the people that I hear talk about it all the time usually lack in that area. And so. A lot of the times it's not a discussion about masculinity, but it's a discussion about how women are showing men up as mm. far as masculinity. Well, really, I think it's just a cry out for help. Okay. So speak on that. When you say women are showing men up, what do you mean in that regard? Like, I'm I'm speaking specifically about those type of men. Usually what their, uh, what their issue is is a woman doing too much and not allowing them to be masculine. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed about actual masculine men is that they don't have to speak about stuff like that. And and what I know about those type of men is that we don't have to exude our own masculinity as women when we're in their presence. So we like to be soft and feminine and we like to listen when it's actual masculine men in the room. Mm-hmm. Those who lack it, we usually end up challenging them. Sometimes for fun and just because we feel like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you think you could come in here and act masculine now? You know what I mean? So, well, uh, they're not even good. It's not even that they're good at it. It's just actually continuously speaking on it. Like, we watched you before we heard you talk, and you don't have those characteristics. Mm. So, that's what I was saying, too, before you call. Like, well, before I call you, like, you don't even have to. Again, to your point, if, if a man is masculine, it exudes from him. This is not anything you always got to, oh, I'm a masculine man, or putting out there. It's, women can tell, and women can tell when you walk in the room if this is someone that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if this is somebody I can respect or I can listen to, um, is that pretty accurate when you see somebody? It's definitely accurate. What I do want to say is that we, I think we should show everybody respect. 
But mm-hmm. I feel like once the topic comes up, just like I told you to ignore those crazy people who like to wrestle, we got to ignore these crazy people who like to uh, continuously talk to us about masculinity and femininity because usually they don't exude it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have to convince us that that's what they got going on. Like, we don't need you to tell us that you're feminine, masculine, or anything else. We can see you. Mm. Right. So I've gotten to the point now where it's just like, unless I'm actually talking to somebody with some sense, I hurry up and shut up. And I just pretend like I'm mute because I'm not going to get into those type of discussions. Ooh, setting boundaries, I see. You have to. Or <laughs> otherwise, I'm discombobulated for the whole day. So if I let if I let somebody talk to me for 30 minutes about how they masculine and I should allow them to be <laughs> as if that's the thing, then I'm going to be talking to five customers after that about how they had me effed up. <laughs> okay. Hey. Well, great job. I appreciate your feedback. <laughs> um, you dropped some jewels on, on me again. You dropped some jewels on me early. As always, I appreciate our conversations. And so I'm going to let you get on with your day. I know you say you're in the car. Drive safe wherever you're headed, and I will be in contact. Will do. I'll see you soon. All right, later on. All right. Yeah, so um, all good feedback about masculinity um good perspectives from each one of those people and again shout out to them thank them for um providing their perspectives i really like what vani said at the end was you the the best thing and she did tell me that earlier she was like as a society what we have to get in the habit of doing the reason why because she was talking about these people who are becoming Instagram famous and these dudes who are online all the time dissing other people or whatever. She was like, if we stop giving them an audience and if we stop giving them attention, they'll go away. Like we keep fueling it. So they got the audience. They keep going and going and going. But if we stop it, guess what? It goes away. So shout out them. All right. So, Next topic we go get into here um, is about about children and children. You know, I've, I've been preaching this and preaching this, and more so as, as a lady, it's been really on my spirit about how we got to make sure we're being better examples to the kids. And so, I was thinking the other day as I'm putting together the content for this week, I'm like, man, I couldn't imagine being. From from two perspectives, I couldn't imagine being a child in school right now. Because, um, like I said, my daughter's homeschooled. She's been homeschooled now. Well, she's going into her third year, but this is her last year, actually. She's graduating. But I couldn't imagine being a, a, a child in school right now, and I couldn't imagine being a teacher. Um, because the things that kids have been subjected to lately um you you heard uh i think it was uh tracy who mentioned that uh the don't say gay bill which isn't the the bill that's just what they've named it but it's a bill that had to be signed to uh not talk to kids about sexual orientation before a certain age or what they want to identify as disney they've Started this new thing that I, I was uh, reading the other day where they're not going to call kids boys and girls anymore um, at their theme parks because they don't want to have anybody feeling left out. This is an absolute sick society that we're living in. 
Um, and I thought about that as we got kids who are going to school. And, and the question I asked in my topic while I'm putting my content together is, I thought the purpose of school was teachers teach, kids learn. I thought that was the, the, the purpose of school. That's what school is about, education. Whether you're the educator or the educatee, it's about education. And I remember me being in school. I was born in the 80s. So my memories of school, the late 80s, the 90s when I'm in middle school and finishing high school in the late 90s. Um, I never knew anything about my teachers. Like, it was like my teachers lived a private life that was separate. You know, like even if I would see them out in the community. Now, some of them, they would come and interact and speak and talk to my parents or whatever because my parents were very active at school. But for the most part, you didn't know anything about your teacher. But now you have teachers that are coming out to kids, you know, um, letting it be known what their sexual preference is, Uh, telling kids that, you know, be you. You know, this can be our secret. We don't have to talk about your parents don't have to know. I'm still going to teach you these things and allow you to um, express if you don't think you should be a boy or if you don't think you should be a girl. This is absolutely crazy that this is where we are in society. There was a teacher in Fort Worth, Texas, who had a breakdown during a school board meeting. And I'm going to play you some of this video. I might stop it early because it's, it's pretty ridiculous. But here we go. Transphobia is a serious illness. And unfortunately, there isn't a vaccine for it yet. And I first witnessed transphobia when a kid wearing a racist Make America Great Again hat made fun of me and said that me being myself was a Halloween costume. And even though Donald Trump is not in office, the disease of Trumpism has spread across our stolen land. Every night I cry myself to sleep knowing that I live on stolen Native American land. (laughs) As a high school teacher, I witness transphobia every single day. We need to teach our students and raise awareness in our schools about this deadly virus. Transphobia is a spectrum, and it can go from transphobia to transphobia. With I'm going to stop that right there. That's me setting a boundary, by the way. Um, but I just wanted to, to, to kind of play some of this. A couple of things with this. This is an educator of children that you just heard. An educator of children at a school board meeting. This, this is who's educating. That, nothing about what subject he teaches. It's about politics and sexual orientation. What does that have to do with educating our children? And, and I feel sorry for him, to be honest, I do, 
because he's clearly confused and has no idea or no self-awareness of what's going on that he would come in there and break down in front of a school board like this. You're an educator of children. If he was my kid's teacher, I would remove them from his class immediately. Not because of his sexual preference. That has nothing to do with it. But because of his unstableness mentally. This guy's mentally unstable. For something like that to have you just... And then you got to go educate children. And you'll confide in children... And get them to go along with you and, and, and have them crying and all of this. It, it's just ridiculous. We have to stop this. The, it's gone mad. It's gone mad. But what I wanted to do, um, I reached out to an old friend. Um, she's a school teacher. Been very passionate about education since I've known her. Um, over 20 years. Um, so I reached out to her. And uh, I'm not going to give you the name of her school, none of that. Um, but she's a fifth grade teacher. So I reached out to her and asked her would she like to weigh in on the topic, provide some insight on tonight's episode. She said, of course. So I'm going to go ahead and get her a call now. And um, just give, have her get her perspective because it was very interesting, some of the stuff she said. Hello. Greetings, old friend. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm pretty good myself. I can't complain. That is great. It's been a long time <laughs> since I heard your voice. I talk to you, you know, sometimes on social media, but it is great to hear your voice again. Well, it's dinner here. Dinner here. I'm sorry it took so long. Yeah, I got to do better. <laughs> Forgive me. We did. But, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> but what I wanted to call you, and I know we was talking earlier, and I kind of prefaced it before I reached out to you that, um, you know, just looking in, and we were talking a little bit earlier on social media about the uh, the shooting, you know, that happened up here in Greenville today, and unfortunately, also I want to say uh, condolences to the families that were involved. It's it's not a win for either family. Uh, you got two twelve year olds. And unfortunately, the young man lost his life. Um, and then you got the other one who's throwing his life away. So, um, but I wanted to get your perspective as an educator. And I told the people, I was like, I'm not going to talk about what school you teach at or any of that. But I know since I've known you, you've always had a passion for children and um, education. How mm -hmm. hard is it now to really fulfill your passion for education in, uh, I would say, a profession that has turned so much politics and hatred. Like, how hard is it now for you to, to really enjoy your passion? Well, first I want to say, um, Dwayne, thank you for even bringing life to this. Mm. And I think that's the only way that we can actually see change. Um, and unless we bring these types of things to light, you, you, there's just no way that we can. Mm -hmm. So, and also, I would like to say, um, you know, condolences as well. That's just so much to take on, and then you have to think the kids in that in that school, um, you know, the emotions that they're going to go through. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we see on a day to day in 
in the classroom. They, kids are dealing with so much more today. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have the token mechanisms to deal with everything that's put on their plate. Mm-hmm. And you kind of saw this even prior to the pandemic. You saw it unfolding where the, there was just like paper thin sealant, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so when you when you ask about how difficult it is in the classroom, well, you have twenty to thirty kids in your class, and you may have five to six that are on IEPs, which means they're significantly below grade level. So they may be sometimes even four or five years below where they should be. So if you're teaching fifth grade, you, you have kids in your class on first grade reading level, mm-hmm. um, first or second grade math level. And your job, you're expected to, regardless of where they're at, you know, you have kids in your classroom of all ranges, even teaching fifth grade, you may have some on seventh grade level. Mm-hmm. Well, you're expected to cater their education so that they grow wherever they are. Mm-hmm. So I think that becomes extremely difficult because of the expectation that you are teaching su- such a range of mm-hmm. information, you mm-hmm. know, and to kids of the exact same age. Um, and then you have those kids that are unable to cope with their feelings and their emotions and they have a breakdown. So you're stopping to kind of deal with that in the middle of a in the classroom, right? So you may have several that have um, behavior intervention plans. Um, so it, it, it becomes a lot to deal with when you have 20 to 30 kids in the classroom. Mm. Um, so th- there's, there's just so much going on. And I think a lot of times, too, we don't, from a teacher standpoint, um, you know, I'm, we've seen the, the number of teachers at the state house that, we're looking for some improvements in education. And I don't think sometimes we look at the fact that teachers are in that classroom or with those kids un- with no break often. And when I say no break, I mean absolutely no break for like eight hours, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a parent, you know sometimes yourself, you need a five-minute break. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times it's, it can be overwhelming even as a parent. Like you need just 10 seconds to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have planning periods, but oftentimes at least two times out of the week, they take that 40 minute break that we have. So it's uninterrupted that we're teaching or in a meeting and go directly back to those kids. And, you know, we want to cater. Look, when I say that nine out of 10 teachers honestly love teaching, I can honestly say, and I've taught in poverty for out of the last 14 years, I would say 12 out of the 14 years I've taught in low income areas and these teachers literally give everything they can. Mm -hmm. They will go pick kids up to take them to school. They will drop kids off. Um, They will go knock on doors when they can't get parents to sign things to get the help. I I have seen teachers do this, you Mm -hmm. know, actually go, you know, um, I know myself buying shoes for kids who literally their toes are hanging out of their shoes and, And I'm not the only one. Like, I see this, you know, year to year. So Mm. I think most teachers out there genuinely love teaching. And this is what they want. Mm. But I think the expectation and um, the intervention that's needed to give kids what they need, that extra support, we don't always have that. Hmm. That's a lot of good feedback. And something that I want to 
kind of hone in on that you mentioned. You said about uh, you mentioned the the pandemic and even before then, kind of paper thin emo- uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. Since the pandemic has happened, and I don't know uh, what's going on in your school district, but I know up here it's one week they were virtual, then they may switch back. What huh? have you seen in regards to like how the emotions have have a uh, transition? Post pandemic, as we're starting to get on the other side of it, yeah. So it's such a, a fluctuation, um, and I think part of it is it comes down to them being very frustrated, which I can totally get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can totally understand their point. And you have to think many of these kids who were virtual, let's say for a whole year, some of them two whole years. And then they step back into a regular classroom where they're expected to socially get along with 20, 30 of their kids. Mm. Or um, they haven't really had to do a whole lot of writing. You know, they've mainly done, you know, finger clicking with the mouse or typing. And now they're expected to write essays and paragraphs. And it's like their handwriting and their ability to do that, they become very easily frustrated. Mm. You know, so um, it's... I'm not going to say it's a smooth transition, but Mm. kids are pretty resilient. Mm. I can say this. Kids are pretty resilient, and within a couple months, they've really really adjusted quite well, better than I think I would have as a kid. (laughs) They really shocked me how well they just, like, bounced back, honestly. Mm. So I got two questions for you before I let you go. I ain't going to hold up too much of your time, but you're giving me some absolutely amazing content um what would be your if you could request anything of parents to to make not only your job but teachers jobs in general easier what would that be as the support and by support just having that communication with the teacher it's 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 priceless Mm-hmm. Knowing that when the, a child knows that you're communicating with the teacher and the teacher is communicating with the parent, the um, effort and the work ethic is so much greater. Mm-hmm. And um, and I see it from year to year. You know, the, the parents you can't—it's hard to reach, or and maybe they had a bad experience um, as a student themselves, so they kind of distance themselves from teachers now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just at least them a try you know at least see what the teacher because it's not always bad like a lot of times it's you know we just want to make contact and say hey this is just a little something you could do at home that would really you know help mm-hmm. or a lot of times it's just um something positive you mm-hmm. know but just having that communication back and forth it holds the kid accountable it really it really holds them accountable and just makes them want to work a little extra harder got it last question what would you say to the powers that be, whether it's superintendents, whether it's lawmakers, what would you say to them or ask or request to them to make teachers' jobs easier? Um, can I flip this back to the students instead of the teachers? Sure. Okay. So if I could say anything, I think that technology has evolved so fast in the last 20, 25 years. You think 20, 25 years ago, we had the first computer, and now 
you have the download at the access of your hand completely, mm. anything you want to know. Um, but I don't think the schools have kept up with that technology. Mm. And so we have kids who, you have kids in the classroom, they don't care too much about maybe writing or the reading, but they have real, they're really talented in one area. So maybe it's musical. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's their writing. Um, maybe they're just really into space exploration or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But I think we need more things to gravitate towards what kids are really great at. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we um, lose kids along the way because we don't strengthen that talent that they have, whatever it is that really interests them. Mm-hmm. So I think we really need things that like a modern makeover we need to look at where the future is going rather mm-hmm. you know we talk about space exploration or stem cell research or coding or engineering if we have kids really invested in that early on that the ultimate goal is to give them something where they can be successful and have a career and and be able to provide for themselves so instead of having kids drop out because they're not interested um, I think we need more of what the kids, what their, what their talents are. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, I can't say it enough. Thank you. Um, thank you for what you do. Um, because I, I tell people some of the hardest jobs. And when I was getting my content together for this week, I was thinking from two perspectives. Like I couldn't imagine being a, a, a kid in school right now. And I couldn't imagine being a teacher, but I will say your profession. I look at teachers. I look at nurses. Um, I think y'all have some of the most important thankless jobs in America. So you may not hear it all the time, but I want to be um, that person who says, thank you for what you do. Thank you so much. And thanks for at least bringing light to some of these issues and, um, just know that, um, you know, as parents, your support, like from teachers, from a, from a teacher standpoint, it means it's again, that's something else that's just priceless. Like it means the world to us. Um, and we really, most teachers, I honestly feel are willing to go out of their way and help in any way that they can. Mm-hmm. And just know that that open honesty, like anything that you feel that is personal, if it helps us understand your child, like, we would love to know because it really helps us understand what we see in the classroom from them. So, and again, thank you, Dwayne, for having me on. And thanks again for sharing light on such a big issue in the world. Hey, it was my pleasure. My Chick-fil-A voice. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Good hearing from you. Good talking to you. Keep up the good work and stay safe. Thank you, sir. And I hope to hear from you soon again, not so long this time. Absolutely. Have a good one. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right. Goodbye. Yo, so again, like, boy, just, let me do, let me do a round of applause for uh, the guests we had this evening. Like, and let me, let me just do another one because, man, like, they gave some outstanding feedback. Um, and again, like that's how that, that's what fulfills me. And I know I'm on the right path. Cause as soon as I reach out to these people, they like, yo, what you need? I got you, you know? And, um, with her, I hadn't talked to her, uh, a physical conversation in over 15 years. I know, 
Um, you know, we we'll chat it up sometimes online. But again, she's always told me like, you know, um, she it was something that came up where I saw that a teacher was doing in school and I was like, yo, how dope that would be. It was a learning that he had dealing with music and she was telling me that I should put something like that together. So um again, I appreciate everybody. I appreciate uh the teacher um giving insight. All of that was very, very, very um on point and parents whether your kids are virtual, whether your kids are in the classroom, support the teachers. You know, my parents stayed at the school. They will be at PTO meetings, um, PTA meetings, whatever it was, they was there. They knew what was going on. Um, now, I chose to do the wrong things in school, but it wasn't because my parents weren't involved. They were definitely involved. So, I got one thing, one more thing I'm going to get on before I get out of here tonight, and it, it's it's around kids as well. And I thought this was uh, phenomenal. Now, it, 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 it kind of is funny. It's comical. But I want you to understand, and I want us as parents, and I want us as a society to understand, while we love our children, you cannot give a children everything that they want. And I saw this video, and I'm like, yo, this video is amazing. Um, because this guy set the standard, like, we're not going to do that. Like, this is this is what it is, and, and he helped the mother to learn a valuable lesson. Something my dad used to always say, everybody don't think your kid is as cute as you do. So check this out. Do you mind if we switch seats just for this last part? She really likes to watch out the window as we land, and it helps calm her down. Yeah, no, even if I wanted to switch, I think it's more important that your daughter learn a valuable lesson. That's not how the world works, you know, you don't always get your way. Are you for real, dude? So let me give you the layout. They were on a plane. This guy's sitting by the window. Um... This lady has her daughter sitting in the middle, and you could tell her daughter is like, yeah, mom's going to get me by the window. And he kind of looked over. He's like, no. And he told her, your daughter needs to learn in a valuable lesson. You don't always get what you want in life. That ties into something else I read earlier in the week. So this chick came on social media and said, the school reached out to her and said her child was misbehaving in school. So she was not going to be allowed to go on the zoo field trip. So instead of the parent trying to uncover, okay, well, what is my child doing? Let me chastise my child if need be and figure this out. Oh, they, she said, they got me fucked up. She took off from work and took her daughter to the zoo that her classmates were at. And she said, my daughter's never going to feel left out. Parents, that's the wrong way to go. I'm not here to tell anybody how to raise their child. I'm here to give you standards. You got to have a standard, and that standard has to be you're not going to condone poor behavior because that's just what that parent was doing in that moment. You're condoning poor behavior. Oh, you, my child's never going to be left out. How dare you tell me that my child can't go on a school field trip? Teach a child how to act. That's simple. Teach them how to behave so it's not even an issue to where they're excluded from the school field trip. 
But going on the back end, you taking off from work, missing money to take them to a trip that they had no business going on at this point to prove a point that nobody go treat your child like that. You setting that child up for so much failure moving forward, you don't even realize. Shout out to my man on that video I played who like, no, I like your sad story or I like your motivational story you're trying to give. Oh, she sits by the window. It helps calm her down. Again, teach a kid how to act. Like, yeah, you you can be calm without sitting by the window. Um, And if you can't, then, hey, uh, I got other ways to calm you down. So, um, but parents, again, don't just give in to everything that your kids want. Love your kids. Support your kids. Definitely support them in schools. But don't condone poor behavior with additional poor behavior on your part as the parent. You're the adult. It's up to you to set the example. Let's do a better job and make sure we're setting a good example. Yeah, yeah. So listen, um, we're coming to the end. I know we went a little bit longer tonight, but, hey, this was an amazing show. Again, shout out to my guest. Shout out my man, Hank, from the I Say Podcast Network out of Philly. Shout out uh, my homie, Tracy, doing an amazing job. Um, as she's raising two young kings Shout out to my uh, homie and, and my hairstylist Slash loctician uh, Bunny as she's doing an amazing job With what she's doing and her perspectives On how she tries to stay out of the way And don't get involved in that And then lastly shout out to my Long lost friend um, Like I said I'm going to keep her nameless um, I don't want to put her school out there Or anything like that but she gave us some amazing insight on what it is to be a teacher right now in this climate, as well as the support that we can give as parents, the support we can give as a community, the support that the higher-ups can give. Let's keep up with education, make sure that we're being involved, being active, you know, because it's cliche, but the kids really are the future. So let's treat them as such. Yo, I tell you all the time, Energy is real, but everybody does not possess real energy. Make sure you guard yourself and the people that you're around. Also, if you want to be a guest on the show or submit content, email standonitpod at gmail.com. That's standonitpod at gmail.com. This is the Stand On It Podcast uh, in harmony with the I Say Podcast Network. Also, check out the Gym Complex for any of your needs. Uh, it's been a great episode again. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. I always appreciate you. It's true. You gotta stand on it If it's for certain, let's have around You gotta stand on it Open the curtain, it's going down You gotta stand on it Cause I put my step on it So you gotta stand, 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 stand You gotta stand on it hey. You gotta stand on it You gotta stand on it You gotta stand on it You gotta stand, stand, stand